This is our fourth time looking at Philippians 3, 15 to 16. Let those of us who are mature think this way, like becoming like Jesus in his death by seeking to know him, the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings without the arrogance of thinking that we've arrived. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, and here comes Paul's amazing confidence, God will reveal that to you. So if you have not arrived at a proper grasp and experience, understanding and outworking of what he's trying to get across here in this way of thinking, this mindset that he's talked about, especially right there, he's confident that God will take care of that, will bring you along. Isn't that amazing? What a good, encouraging word. So, Father, as we ponder what, how this happens, would you encourage our hearts and guide our hearts and give us a pursuit after this revealing that God is, is willing to do for those of us who are longing to understand his word and to live it fully. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God will reveal if we are thinking otherwise. Focus on this certainty for just a moment. Do you remember at the beginning of the book, he said, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And I can't help but think his mind is working Similarly, right here, he has begun a good work in you. He has brought you to some measure of maturity. You have made progress in the mind of Christ, this mindset here. But there may be aspects of your life and your thinking that are otherwise than the way Paul is laying things out here. And instead of despairing of you, he says, God will reveal that to you. In other words, this confidence that I am sure he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. That bringing of the work to completion includes this revelation here. So how does he do this? How does he bring about or effect this revelation? Let me start over here at Matthew 16, 16, and 17, to answer that question. Simon Peter replied to Jesus when he said, Who do you say that I am? You are the Christ. You are the Son of the living God. And then Jesus says to him, Blessed. Don't you realize that that's a great blessing that you see that, Peter? Blessed are you, Simon. Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father has revealed this to you. Now, what's significant about this, I mean, one of the several things that are significant, is that Peter 
needed to be told where his confidence and assurance and insight came from. Peter didn't say, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, as I found out last night in a dream from God. (laughs) If he had thought that, Jesus wouldn't have had to tell him, hey, Simon, you need to wake up to the fact that this recognition of me is a huge blessing from God because God, not anything ordinary human resources can do, has revealed this to you. So the point I want to get from that is revelation from the Father to us about Jesus does not come through whispers or dreams. It comes through the opening of our eyes, the eyes of our heart, to see what's right there in front of us, namely that Jesus is the Son of God. So how does Paul pursue this God will reveal this to you. What does Paul do? He prays. A few verses after he said, I'm sure God will finish the work, he prays that God will finish the work. It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you can prove what is excellent. What these people need is discernment of all the things that Paul has taught them. If they are not seeing this clearly, if they are thinking otherwise, it's because they lack discernment into what Paul has just taught. And so he's praying that their their love would abound with knowledge and discernment. Now, here's an interesting connection with the the idea of revelation to believers through the Spirit. Ephesians 1, 16 and 19. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation. A spirit of wisdom and of revelation. So may the Holy Spirit so work in you that you have wisdom and revelation. Now, what what does he mean, spirit of revelation? How does that work? Let's keep reading. He's praying, remember? I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. And what I'm praying is that the Holy Spirit would become for you, be given to you as a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of God. And then he fleshes it out. How does that work? Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened. That's what I argued from Matthew 16, 17. That the Holy Spirit isn't the spirit of wisdom and revelation in whispering things into our ears. He's the spirit of wisdom and revelation in opening the eyes of our hearts to have light. What kind of light? The light that you may know what is the hope to which he's called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power? In other words, these are the very things, the hope, the inheritance, and the power. 
power that Paul has taught already in Ephesians 1 and will continue to teach. And what he's praying for is that they would be given such a spirit from God that revelation would happen by the enlightening of the heart to grasp the magnitude of the hope and the riches of the inheritance and the greatness of the power. We can just mouth words like power, inheritance, and hope. He's praying that the eyes of your heart would grasp the greatness and beauty and wonder and treasure of the hope, the inheritance, and the power. So now back to Paul's promise. God will reveal to you whatever you are amiss in, what what you're thinking otherwise in. He doesn't do it by whispering in the ear or dreams. He does it by illumining the heart by the Spirit so that what Paul has revealed will be revealed to our hearts And we will really grasp what it is to know him, what it is to pursue the power of his resurrection, what it is to share his sufferings, what it is to become like him in his death. And these things will be so clear and beautiful and precious and powerful to us that revelation will have happened. That's what Paul is confident is going to take place for these Philippians, which leaves us now Just one more brief session on only let us hold true to what we have attained.